Well, friends, Merry Christmas. I feel like we got the best uh, view in the house up here. It's so good to see everybody. If we haven't met, my name is Adam, and it's my joy to be one of the pastors here. I don't know what your family's favorite Christmas movies are, if you've got a, a power ranking or a top 10, but easily far and away, without question, the number one in the must home is Home Alone. Home Alone. Uh, I think my son's watched it probably 34 times since it came out on Disney+. Plus. Uh, and and we'll leave it the, some of the lines have kind of worked into our vocabulary around the house, right? So like if we ask our kids, well, what do you want for dinner? They'll say, a lovely cheese pizza just for me, right? Or, or uh, fuller, easy on the Pepsi. That, that means a whole lot of things. Or more than once, you know, sometimes you get the extra little condiments at Chick-fil-A or wherever you're out. And I'll say to Sarah, put them in your purse, put them in your purse. And, and I don't want to be braggy. But just to show you the level of dedication we have to Home Alone and to the Christmas Eve message, my son and I actually built the Lego Home Alone house. Oh, yeah. I can tell you're impressed. I can tell you're impressed. Uh, we had a blast doing that. So if you haven't seen it, Home Alone is the story of eight-year-old Kevin McAllister and his family departs on a trip to Paris, but they leave him in Chicago. And you think to yourself, well, how did that happen? And this was well before cell phones. So uh, I saw a thing online today that said, parents... Just remember, however much you've struggled, you're better than the McAllisters. So there's some good news for you. Uh, so Kevin is home alone in Chicago with his family out in Paris. And he, he has to defend his house. And he fends off Harry and Marv, the wet bandits. Uh, it's the burglars that come and try to, try to ransack the neighborhood. Uh, but before any of that happens, Kevin finds himself in the midst of Christmas chaos. And nothing is going right for him. He isn't old enough to watch the movies his cousins are watching. Uh, he has to give up his own bed to make room for his family that's visiting. Some of you know that pain as we sit here now. Uh, he struggles to pack his own suitcase. And worst of all, everybody has eaten all the cheese pizza. So after throwing a tantrum, his mom, Kate, sends him to the attic. Check it out. Just stay up there. I don't want to see you again for the rest of the night. I don't want to see you again for the rest of my whole life. And I don't want to see anybody else either. I hope you don't mean that. You'd feel pretty sad if you woke up tomorrow morning and you didn't have a family. No, I wouldn't. Then say it again. Maybe it'll happen. I hope I never see any jerks again. they would all just disappear. I wish they would all just disappear. Anybody else ever employ this strategy when it comes to dealing with problems? You know, in this season, our problems can seem kind of heightened. You know, there seems like there's more at stake. Uh, maybe you're experiencing a strained relationship or uh, there's financial issues that are especially tough this time of year. Uh, we've got a lot of folks that are searching for employment or maybe you've experienced some pandemic frustrations. Hello. You know, at Christmas time, who doesn't want their problems to just go away? We even sing about it and have yourself a merry little Christmas. Do you know the line? Next year, all our problems will be miles away. 
from now on our troubles will be out of sight. And it's tempting to have this mindset when it comes to our faith, as if if we just prayed enough to God, that God would make all of our problems disappear. What I hope we'll discover together as we study God's word and as we read the Christmas story is that Jesus came to join us in our struggles, not avoid them. Our scripture comes from the first book of the second half of the Bible called the New Testament. And Matthew is one of the four gospels, the book of Matthew. The word gospel simply means good news and it's the biography of the life and teachings and death and resurrection of Jesus. And it starts with his birth. This is from Matthew chapter one, verses 18 to 22. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the author of Matthew is connecting the birth of Jesus with things that prophets that spoke for God said a long time ago. And one of these prophets was Isaiah. And we can read his book in the first half of the Bible called the Old Testament. So Matthew is quoting Isaiah when he said, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now it's nice that we get that little translation in there to tell us what that word means. You know, the Bible wasn't originally written in English. And so in ancient Hebrew, this is where we get the word Emmanuel. This is what it looks like. We have M, which is with, new, and us, and L, and that's short for the Hebrew word for God, Elohim. And of course, that means God. That's how we get God with us, Emmanuel. And so Christmas reveals that God's strategy for reconciling the world, for, for saving us from our sins, God's strategy was not a, a checklist for us to tick off or a, a grade to make. It wasn't to whisk us away from our problems. It was to join us. God sent Jesus to join us as a savior from our sins. Jesus came to be with us, to show us what God was like. And ultimately, Jesus was made like us so that we could be made like him. This is from Hebrews 2, 14 and 15. Since the children, that's us, have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So beginning with Christmas, Jesus took on the ultimate problem, death. Now, does it strike you as very merry to talk about death so much? At Christmas, just get really, mm, can't wait to have some ham and talk about death. But with all the sentimentality we have around Christmas, and believe me, I don't know many people that have more than me, this is really at the heart of the Christmas story. Because isn't that at the bottom of all our fears? What did the scriptures say? Another translation says, those who are held in captivity by their fear of death and dying. 
Isn't that the greatest pain we can ever feel? Some of us will experience that for the first time this Christmas. Others will experience it many times. That empty chair around the table at Christmas dinner. Emmanuel, God with us, was born to deliver us from the fear of death and dying. There's one scene in Home Alone where Kevin runs outside and, and if you remember, he'll, he screams, I'm not afraid anymore. You hear that? I'm not afraid anymore. But then he catches a glimpse of his neighbor who he thinks is scary and he runs back inside immediately because he's still home alone. Matthew's gospel begins with the description of Jesus as Emmanuel, God with us. And it ends with Jesus telling us, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, there's, there's not a whole lot more comforting phrases than I'm with you. I'm with you. Right, maybe you remember as a kid or maybe as kids you still, hey, basement's dark, need someone to go down there with me. Or, or if you've got a pretty significant doctor's appointment, some of us have had that experience and it helps to bring someone with you. Some of the most comforting words are, I'm with you, and that's what Jesus promises. And so friends, I wonder, what has fear been keeping you from? And what could you do with the full confidence that God is with you? In the end, Kevin's reunited with his family they all have this big hugging scene uh, there at the end. One of the hallmarks of sin is isolation. Maybe things that we shouldn't do, we do in secret. Or, or we think we're self-sufficient, we're so prideful that we don't need anybody else. While he was home alone, Kevin discovered he actually did need his family. He did miss them. Uh, he he uh, puts up the Christmas tree. He hangs all the ornaments and, and the stockings. He misses his family. He longed for a reunion. That's why Jesus came, to reunite God's children with their loving father. Jesus said this, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Jesus promises not to leave us as orphans, to not leave us home alone. The promise that began at Christmas time extends into our lives now and on forward into the future and into eternity. That's what we celebrate at Christmas. God, in his love, chose to be with us, Emmanuel, that we could know and receive God's love and love God in return. So I don't know what kind of problems you wish would just disappear this Christmas. My guess is we could all make a list. Following Jesus doesn't make life easier, friends, but it does make life better. I love how Meredith Ann Miller said it. Christmas is not here to offer a four-week escape from the pain of the world with a paper thin layer of twinkling lights. 
It is not here to anesthetize us with bows and eggnog lattes. Christmas is not offering us the chance to escape the ache of life through piles of presents. Christmas is God saying, yes, this pain is too much. Yes, it is too sad. Yes, the ache is too great. Hang on, I'll come carry it with you. Friends, may we go into 2022 without fear and full of love, knowing that God is with us. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals.